Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I'm here again by myself bringing you this episode. So I was going to read a selection from my memoir, and then something happened over the weekend that seemed a lot more pressing. So I bring this episode to you from my heart and from my experience, not from any place of judgment, but from a big place of concern. So this episode is going to be called, Can a Drag Show Be Evangelism? (laughs) And let me tell you why it's called that. So over the weekend, a brewery in town, an amazing brewery, Four Saints Brewing Company, please Google it. And if you're ever in our area, please come. It is the most amazing group of people. Their tagline is they make great beer for great people. And they are also great people. They're wonderful community members. They always extend themselves into our community and make positive impacts. I love these guys and I love the people that work there. They are just awesome people. So this weekend, they had a special event. It was a private event. You paid for tickets and you went um, and they closed down the brewery for that allotted amount of time for this private event. They were open before it and then they were going to be open after for a few more hours. But during the private event, it was just a ticketed paid for drag show performance. Now, I was not able to attend much to my chagrin because I was scheduled to be out of town before I heard about it. I, I am just so impressed that in the little town of Asheboro, North Carolina, the owner and, and the people that worked there had the guts, really, to schedule a drag show downtown at the brewery. That's why I love these guys. <laughs> they love our community. They love all the people in the community. And they're not afraid to take a stand and provide a service that people want. Here is my, here is my little caveat. So if you don't want to go to a drag show, don't go. If I don't want to see animals killed, I don't go hunting. I don't know how to make it any more simple than that. There may be things that hurt your heart or offend you in some way or another. And yet you don't get to determine for me what is fun. You don't get to determine to me what may be sin. If you think drinking is a sin, don't go to the bar. Don't order the beer. Get some water. Get some juice. If you think that hanging out with me, if I go to the bar and have a drink is a sin, then decline my invitation. Or understand that Jesus often (laughs) met with people that he had dinner with. And it had nothing to do with trying to convert them away from what they were doing, but really just being in their presence. 
So you can imagine that there were many people not pleased that a drag show was going to happen downtown Asheboro. And here came the comments. A friend of mine sent me one post that had, I know, hundreds of gay bashing, judgments, scripture versed excerpts from the verses that they wanted to highlight as to why we are all going to hell and there's abominations. Now, on this podcast, I've had many brilliant preachers, both straight and gay, talking about the Bible in such a way that we're all kind of on the same page now that being gay is not the sin that's going to send us to a hell if that is what exists. Homosexuality anywhere on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum is not the sin. What is a sin is whether or not we're loving each other. That is a commandment that we have been asked to follow. Love God, love each other. The other thing that's clearly a sin <laughs> is judgment. That's, that's talked about as a sin also. But of course, the Sodom and Gomorrah thing gets flashed on signs and the word abomination gets flashed on a sign. And then there are all of these haters, really scared haters online, completely tearing down the brewery, the people, the, the you know, performer, everything. I tried to stay out of the, <laughs> the weeds when that happened, and I stayed out for a long time. But when they brought up so Sodom and Gomorrah again, the tired old verse that, you know, just continues to be the thing that people can't get past, I had to speak up because I'm sure you know by now, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you that this, the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah as described in the Old Testament if you jump ahead and choose to read the New Testament, which I'd highly encourage people to do, read the New Testament in the letter to the Hebrews, the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, the primary sin was inhospitality. Let that sink in. Not the rape that was happening, not the inappropriate actions of whoever was doing whatever, inhospitality. The Part of, that really surprised me when I was reading through all the, the comments on that one post about the drag show was that they, they talked about drag queens reading to kids at school, and they called that child abuse and grooming. And yet the protesters, yes, there were protesters that showed up to the brewery that night, brought children. Now... <laughs> If you are so afraid to have your children's eyes glance at a man dressed up as a woman, why are you bringing them to stand across the street from the bar, having the opportunity to possibly see inside, see the drag queen? Perhaps the drag queen came out for some fresh air on the sidewalk. You know, what are you going to do? It's crazy. It's just crazy to me that you would bring a child out into the heat to stand on a hot sidewalk to watch the adults screaming 
And one guy had um, from a picture I saw from a friend of mine that posted this, a microphone in front of his mouth, like a head thing, a headset, so that he could loudly scream across the street to the brewery. Just blows my mind. So can a drag show be evangelism? Was there anything that the drag show could do to evangelize to the haters? <laughs> well, I think in, in one respect that the drag queen was able to perform their gift and did not allow hate to win. I like that as an evangelism. I like that hate didn't win because we are called to love. And by being all that you can be, I think love starts within our soul. When I am gifted at something, I believe, or I'm inspired to do something. For me, inspiration is in spirit. And if I'm inspired, then I am probably doing God's work. Now, is being a drag queen God's work? I have no idea because I'm not a drag queen. I don't know what it feels like to perform at that level. I do not know what's in the heart of the person performing. But here's another little tidbit in case you're a person that doesn't know this and you're listening to this podcast. Part of the comments also continue to bash drag queens because of their homosexuality. So just a note to, to learn from this is that not all drag queens are gay. Spoiler alert, <laughs> not all drag queens are gay. I'm sure some are. I'm sure many are, but not all drag queens are gay. And if you also can remember that back in the day, women weren't allowed to be actors. And so men all the time dressed up like women in the women's role to do the performance. It is a performance like drag racing and, you know, all sorts of performances, sports, all of those things that people do with their gifts has nothing to do with being gay. Now, there are gay athletes and there are gay dancers, and then there are ballet dancers that are not gay. And again, spoiler alert, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But I want us to remember that evangelism, when you take it in one form, it's just not even helpful. So they're standing over there screaming at a building to try to get us all to feel guilty and to re what repent or just to know that God is mad at us if we had attended this, this event. But here's the thing. Evangelism, if you're standing up to something that you're trying to inspire people or inform people of what you think, to begin with, you need to ask yourself, why do you need to tell me what you think? Because just because you think it doesn't necessarily make it true. So here's what doesn't work. And I'm going to say it doesn't work for me. And if you were trying to evangelize to me, had I been in that audience and you were, and I, I promise that I have been in audiences before that were picketed. So this doesn't work for me. If you're standing there screaming at me, that doesn't work. If you picket an event I'm at, which implies that I've made a bad choice and that I should be guilty and repent because I chose to pay for this event, mm -mm, not working. Brandishing your Bible, naming my sins as if you don't have any, 
and specifically labeling me as an abomination on a sign because I'm at this event. Specifically labeling me will never, ever work because I am not someone you can label. You don't even know me. If you're standing on that street corner, I I probably don't know you. You're not in my inner circle. You're not even in my wider circle. We probably haven't even met. So your thoughts about me don't really matter. Um, if If you are picking verses, scripture verses out of context to win your argument against whatever I'm doing, and you haven't looked at the context of that verse, the historical perspective, or the cultural perspective, I'm not going to be listening to you. And if you've not done anything other than continue to spew out the same thing and the same rhetoric that you've always just been told, and you haven't looked at the verse or studied the verse or looked at any of the things I just mentioned, mm -mm, that's not going to work for me. If you're using judgments, I'm not going to listen to you. Your evangelism is falling on deaf ears. And it's not just your words. And y'all, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this. If you give me the look with the pursed lips, mm -mm, you lost me right away. And I'll tell you, there is an amazing uh, cartoonist. And his name is David Hayward. And he is so cool. And if you have not found him yet on Facebook or somewhere else, look him up. So it's David Hayward, H-A-Y-W-A-R-D. And just recently he posted this cartoon of a woman sitting in a pantsuit on a pew surrounded by apparently all these churchgoers. And here's what it says. These are the thoughts that are in people's heads. This is the look and then the thoughts with the pursed lips. So glancing over at this lady, why is she alone? She doesn't look half bad. Must be her personality. She needs to meet our Joey. She must be gay. Maybe. She's probably too picky. Must be a widow. Sad. Poor thing, not to love or be loved. Maybe if she lost a few pounds. A bitch, likely. I wonder what's wrong with her. Poor thing. How does she manage? Well, she is wearing a pantsuit, and we all know what that means. Really? So here was my comment. And I loved I loved this because it's so true. And so my comment to that was, your judgments can be heard. So even though you're not saying stuff out loud, I want the church people to really understand that your unspoken judgments is one of the reasons that the pews are getting empty. I'm just saying, really, that people can feel the judgment from you when they walk in that door. I have had it happen to me, and I know many of my friends have had it happen to them, and that really is part of why people aren't going to church. Why would they go somewhere where there's all this judgment? Seriously, nobody wants to be in a building where they're not appreciated, and church should be a place where, of all things, we should be able to be feeling appreciated and loved. 
even if you don't know me yet, I don't have to know you to have that feeling of compassion and love toward you because you're a brother or a sister of mine in Christ. If we are all from the same loving, inspired, in, you know, creation, we are all connected. And even if you don't believe in the Christian doctrine, I think a lot of people still believe that we are interwoven, that this whole entire creation experience, however you believe it came about, connects us all to each other. Here is what would work for me. Going to some event and having someone actually look at me in my eyes and say hello. <laughs> speak to me. If I'm coming to your place, you already know all the people there. I probably don't know anybody there. And so if I'm avoided, if I'm just smiled at and people keep passing me by, I will never be back. I went to my home church one time with my now wife and she was not greeted. She was not talked to. People would wave to me or say, hey, to me. And I would go to introduce her and they would walk off. The minister came and talked to me and I introduced my wife and used her name. And he said, nice to meet you, sir. What? <laughs> what? Right. So, yeah, she didn't go back. And I don't blame her. I don't blame her. So if you want to evangelize from my perspective. First, build a relationship. Don't just start preaching at me. Build a relationship. Be a good neighbor. You know, because Father Joe, if you, if you go to the um, Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd Facebook and you can look at some sermons that were, were recorded, Father Joe did a great sermon on evangelism. And really check that out because it's not about it's not about going door to door, knocking on doors and just randomly spouting off your church at people. So go find Father Joe Mitchell's sermon on evangelism at uh, the Facebook group, the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd. But be a good neighbor. That's where it starts. If you know the people that you're around every day, the people that you come in contact with on a regular basis, how you present yourself to that person in the very beginning says everything. So build a relationship, be a good neighbor, engage me in a non-church related conversation. Just talk to me, get, let's get to know each other. You're not going to come and knock on my door, invite me to your church and expect me to show up for two reasons. One, <laughs> there are very few churches in my community that I would ever attend and feel welcome because they're not uh, open and affirming to a gay person. But I, I'm just not going to cold call, call on a church. I'm not going to do it. Even before I decided to come back to church, I never would have done that. The other thing is after we have a relationship and we, and, and we engage in conversations and we're talking to each other on a regular basis, then invite me maybe to a social activity at your church. Don't, don't invite me to church church. I wouldn't have come. Invite me. This is how I got to the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd. <laughs> I was invited to an ice cream social, not that I was going to eat the ice cream, but I, I had friends that went to that church, you know, and they invited me to come to an outdoor social 
and I brought my own vegan ice cream and we sat around in a group and several people came over and talked to me and introduced themselves and people wanted to make sure that I had ice cream because I hadn't come through the line and people were very kind, absolutely very, very kind. And I had a wonderful time, which then led me to start going over to Mass on the Grass on Wednesday afternoons. They have a little outdoor chapel and we would be outside. And I just wanted to kind of see what it was like after meeting Father Joe. He had invited me to do that. And so I just kind of explored outside conversations with God outside until I was able to actually get into the building and then go to church. But it, it had to be slow for me. I was so resistant. It had to be slow. And if you invite someone to a social, make sure that your church really is open and affirming, especially if we're talking about the gay community. If we're talking about you know other people, it may not be as big of a thing, but don't invite a gay person to your closed homophobic church. That's not evangelism. That's just brutality. The other thing to keep in mind is to share what you love about following Jesus. You know, once you're at that point where you can really talk openly about religion and people's beliefs, make sure that you're not trying to convert them to your denomination or your belief. It's all about Jesus. And Jesus was not a part of the organized church. He was not a part of our denominations. So don't preach the denomination. Don't preach at all. Just talk about how Jesus has affected your life, what a relationship with God has meant like for you. But see, if you start out with that, you haven't built that relationship with somebody and they may or may not you know, be ready to hear that part. They've got to get to know you and trust you in order to feel good about what you're about to say or to trust you at least to get into a, a conversation about religion or about spirituality or about Jesus. So the thing is, I want everybody to know is that a drag show could be evangelism just because of the people who are there. If they're sharing a moment together and conversations come up and they see the, the people you know, out back, you know, anything can be evangelism if we show up being ourselves and talking about what's happened with us and, and why our lives are, are feeling more settled or more calm or even, even, you know, that calm in the storm. I, I said the other day that, you know, people who have absolutely no faith in a higher being or, you know, in God, I don't see how anybody's making it these days without some kind of ground to hang on to. And even if your ground is shaky and, you know, you have a on and off again relationship with God, just having the idea that there is a higher power or a God that is supposed to love us and be there for us can make all the difference in the world. You know, there's just too much diversity for us to expect that we're going to agree on one specific religion. And there's not going to be a way for us to convert everybody to one denomination. That's just not going to happen. And we've got to get realistic about that. We can all agree, though, that love is the answer. We can all agree that is where we have to start. We just have to start there. Yeah, David Haywood's cartoon really spoke to me because that's not love. Inviting somebody to a church and then having all this judgment flowing around and you know it, I know it, we can feel it. 
if somebody is judging you, whether they speak it or not, you can feel it. And that will never be a way to bring someone, you know, into the conversation of Jesus, because who's going to, who's going to want to talk to you about Jesus or God or your church. If every time they go there, they're just stared at and they can feel the judgment. Being a part of this community can be pretty difficult because it is very closed in a lot of ways. And yet we've got great people like at the Four Saints Brewing Company that are progressive and loving and kind. The Episcopal Church that I go to may not have 100% of the congregation believing that homosexual, homosexuality is, is not a sin, but I can tell you that 95% of the people there love me and are open and affirming, and I know the, the priest is, and so I'm just so thankful that I'm at a place where I can worship in this very, very, sometimes very closed community and still have people in this community that are progressive and still trying to work toward a better, open, and diverse community. I I talked to a friend this morning at, at a coffee shop, and we were talking about this community and the drag show and everything that had been going on in the last week or so. And I said, you know, Mission fields are everywhere and evangelism goes both ways. People are trying to scream at us and condemn us, but me showing up with love is evangelizing back to the haters. So can a drag show be evangelism? Absolutely. Because when we continue to show up authentically and we do our thing, whatever that may be, if we lead with love and we lead with compassion, You can evangelize by being a drag queen. You can evangelize in the garden with someone. You can evangelize anytime you offer help and assistance to a stranger because they're going to feel God's presence from you. They won't feel judgment. They'll feel that presence. And even if they don't know what it is, you have still evangelized because you've shown up in the spirit of God's love to do something for uh, someone else. So let's call ourselves to be that kind of an evangelist, that if you truly are gay with God, even if we are faced with the hate and bigotry of a picketer or anyone, how we present ourselves is evangelizing to them. So let's go be the voice of love. Let's go be the voice of of passion and compassion. Let's just be a voice. That's how we're going to change the world. And even if that's a pie in the sky statement, (laughs) eventually the world is going to change. I promise it will change. And I want to be a part of that process. And even though it just drives me nuts when this kind of thing happens, this is my mission field. This is my ministry. And these are the comments that we need to talk about in order to help everybody be on the the page of love. So thank you guys so much for listening, for coming back every week and sharing the podcast and giving me comments. I just really appreciate you guys. And again, I want to make a plea for guests for this show. I love talking with you, but I love even more sharing other people's stories. So if you are 
are ready to tell your coming out faith journey story, wherever you landed on that faith journey story, please go to the show page, empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and see where you can be a guest. You can also do that same thing. If you need a little help with your own coming out faith journey story, there is a way that you can uh, access a free session with me. So please go to the show page for that. And also check out on Facebook. Um, I have started a Facebook group called Gay with God. Make sure you list, list, answer all the questions and then uh, you can be a part of our monthly My Faith Journey uh, story group that I do every uh, fourth or so Monday. You'll figure it out. But it's on Facebook and I, we Zoom together and we usually have topics. Um, and so join that. And also, I want to remind you that the uh, Wild Goose Festival is starting. It's going this week. They, they're doing the pre-conference now. Then on the 14th through the 16th, there'll be more activities and you'll be able to see me on Friday, July 15th at one o'clock. You go to wildgoosefestival.org for 2022 wildgoosefestival.org and you can get a, a day pass they're on sale now so go ahead and get that day pass and come up and be in the audience uh, and watch the live taping so i appreciate you guys thank you so much for all you do for for me i mean you always edify me when you give me comments and talk to me about the podcast so continue to do that sign up and be a guest so if you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you are authentically gay or identify as the LGBTQIA plus community, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Love you. See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay with God community. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay with God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.